Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. We are all about the West Final tonight. We've got the Bomber side covered with the voice of the Blue Bombers, Bob Irving. His final game on the microphone, say it ain't so. And also the voice of the Riders, Derek Taylor. Do they have a shot at pulling off the upset? Find out on the podcast. The West Final. Just a few days away, over 30,000 tickets have already been sold. Who cares if it's cold? Who cares if it's windy? It's playoff football, and the man calling the game is Bob Irving, who joins us on the show, as he does before every Blue Bomber game. I ask to have him on the show, and he says, sure. And he comes on the show, and that's how it goes. Bob, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing a little uh, prep here, uh, Christian, as we talk. And, you know, there's a raft of uh, little notes about Winnipeg and Saskatchewan in the West Final. Did you know this is the first time in CFL history the Bombers and Riders have met in consecutive West Finals? Did you know that? I did not know that. Did, did you care much? Okay, so no, I did. I from, do care. No, I love tidbits, Bob. Come on. This is from Steve Daniel. I didn't. I've dug up some stuff on my own, but this is from Steve, uh, who is the official statistician for the CFL. And you know that's something I hadn't thought about. And and you know these teams have been playing each other since like 1936 mm-hmm. and yet it's and it's the first time they've met in the west division final in back-to-back years which is kind of remarkable when you think about it and there's a bunch of other ones this is the bombers third division final in a row and the first time they've done that in 20 years uh i could go on christian anyway <laughs> enough of that <laughs> well, we got lots of pregame coverage on Sunday that you'll you'll save those notes for. But I will say, Bob, looking at the history of it, and this is one of the great rivalries in Canadian sport, but yeah. over the course of the history of these two franchises, it's kind of rare that both are good at the same time for an extended period, right? Yeah, that's true. And these have been two of the best teams in the CFL the last two years. The Riders have been really good. They were Remember, they were first uh, two years ago, and the Bombers won the Great Cup. They were 13-5. and five. They're or uh, 12 and six rather they're uh, nine and five this year uh, they've been very good in in the last three or four years and the bombers of course have had five years in a row of uh, double digit victory so yeah these are, are two of the top teams they've been in more playoff games these two teams in the last few years and just about anybody so we're getting uh, the cream of the crop here on sunday afternoon and it has been almost three months since these teams faced off in the Labor Day Classic Banjo Bowl double dip, which Winnipeg was clearly the better team both those games, though in game two, mm-hmm. Cody Fajardo got hurt around halftime, and that was it for that game. Do yeah. you think that it's going to be a stiffer test for Winnipeg this time around? Well, I look back to the Banjo Bowl, Christian, and Fajardo had a, had a pretty good first half. He'd thrown for 169 yards. He was 11 of 17, and the Riders were right in the game. But when he went out, uh, you know, that changed everything. Can Saskatchewan give the Bombers a better run? I think they can if Fajardo stays healthy and if they can protect him. And he'll have to do some running because that's what he does as, as well as anything. Uh, and the Bombers, of course, will be very focused on on stopping his run. You never know what's going to happen in games like this. But, uh, you know, I, I would think Saskatchewan can give the Bombers a better run. But based on the season series, Winnipeg just took over the two games in the second half. The Bombers have scored the Riders in the second half of those two games this year, 37 to nothing, which is sort of typical of the way the Bombers played in the second half of all their games this year. So, I don't know, I've been asked a lot, can Saskatchewan win this game? Of course they could win it. 
but the odds are stacked against them. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Well, the Bombers all year were just an outstanding second half and specifically fourth quarter team. They were about even in point differential in the second quarter across the board this year. They didn't have yeah. giant halftime leads most games, so teams kind of had some hope, but then there was always that anvil waiting to fall on you, and that was the fourth quarter, and it happened really every week with the exception of the last two, which I don't count because they don't they weren't really playing those last two games. Do you think that matters at all, Bob, that the, the Bombers haven't played a real game in like a month? I don't think so, Christian. I, I just, you know, if there was some other team involved here, a team that uh, a Bomber team from previous years or years gone by, I might buy into that, but I just the way this team focuses on things so tightly and they're so disciplined and, you know, every day is the same. They show up early to practice and they're all honed in on what the assignments are. And then they go home and they come back the next day and do it all over again. It's, you know, the old one and oh, this week syndrome. So I just think uh, the attention to detail and the way they kind of roll along at the same sort of level all the time leads me to believe that they shouldn't be bothered by the fact they haven't played a a meaningful game in the standings anyway for quite a long time now. Uh, Certainly if things don't work out on Sunday, that'll be one of the second guesses that will come out of the woodwork for sure. And, you know, that's to be expected, I guess. But uh, no, I don't think they'll be bothered by the inactivity. I really don't. Is there a weakness on this team? Well, if there is, uh, it would be the kicking game that we identified very often during the season, but I think that's been shored up beyond that. Yeah. You know, now the Janarian Grant is back returning kicks, and he didn't play in that last game, but he's healthy and ready to go. And Sergio Castillo appears to have solved their place kicking woes. I tell you, they were greatly encouraged in that last game in Calgary, Christian, when he kicked four field goals, including three long ones on a very cold day. It was minus nine in Calgary that night. So that was uh, extremely positive development for the Blue Bombers. So assuming that they've corrected uh, the shortcomings in that area, man, they get the best offensive line in the league. And I think, and we talk about their offensive line and the rotation, that six-man rotation on the defensive line. I think those are two of the key reasons why in the second half of games, they just take over. The offensive line tends to wear people down. And then the defensive line does the same thing with, fresh legs in there going after the quarterback all the time. They're strong in the back end. Their linebackers are very good. Uh, You know, their running back, depending on who it is on Sunday, is good. And their receiving core, maybe not as dynamic as some in the league. Certainly Kenny Lawler was the leading receiver in the CFL. And, uh, you know, after him, they've got some guys who are just really solid. Rasheed Bailey and Nick Dembski and Drew Walatarski and, uh, Darvin Adams, who had a down year for him in numbers, but we know what he's capable of. So I don't see a weakness. Do you? No. <laughs> I mean, it's been a really impressive You know, You take the first uh, you know, 11, 12 games of the season, right? They lose to Toronto early, and that's it, right? That's yeah. the only blemish on the record. And it was almost the same recipe every week, right? You make enough plays on offense. Defense gets some turnovers. There were some moments, for sure, a couple of games at Edmonton where there were some some doubt, but then they always find a way to, to get the win, and turnovers were part of that too. Now that the kicking game is shored up, I agree. If they're healthy, I don't see why they can't win the Grey Cup again. You mentioned the running back position. Andrew Harris practiced yesterday fully. He was limited today. You mm-hmm. feel he's going to play on Sunday? 
You know, I just don't know. I know he was limited today, as you said, which would suggest that uh, the work he did yesterday caused maybe some issues with that knee injury. I expect he'll uh, be quite anxious to see how he fares tomorrow in a very short practice, about a, a 70 or 80 minute practice and how much work you get, uh, you'll get. I don't know. We'll have a chance to witness that. Today's practice is closed, but tomorrow's open. So we'll all have a very close eye on Andrew Harris and see how much work he does tomorrow. I think this might come down, Christian, to a game-time decision. I think they might not know whether or not Andrew Harris is good enough to go until Sunday morning. You know, you you want to have him in there. I mean, Michael Shea would love to have him in there for sure. But you don't want to put him out there if you don't think he's going to last very long. And so they're going to have to really take a close look here tomorrow and, and Saturday the walkthrough and then Sunday morning. It might be Sunday morning when he gets out of bed and comes to the stadium and they check him out again before they make a decision on him. So I would have thought yesterday the odds were pretty good that he would play. And I still think there's you know a reasonable chance that he will, but it's still very much up in the air. And even if he doesn't, we've seen that between that offensive line with four all-stars on it, and Brady Oliveira in the backfield, even Johnny Augustine, they're capable even if he has to miss the game. They're very capable. They would love to have him, though. He brings, you know, the physical tools that we all know about. And you and I have spoken about this a number of times, how he's mistake-free. He never misses a blitz pickup or an assignment. And he brings an emotional level, I think, to the team that – is not there when he's not there. And that's not to say, you know, they can't win without him or that the other running backs can't have good days. Certainly they can, but he's a difference maker. He is a difference maker. Now, whether or not he's capable of being that, if he's not completely healthy, I don't know. But he does bring intangibles that are very difficult to measure and that the Bombers would like to have with them on Sunday afternoon. You're not the only veteran sportscaster hanging it up we've talked a lot about your retirement already we don't need to to do that today but brian williams brian williams today uh is announced that he'll be retiring after a 50-year career Uh, have you uh interacted with williams over your time going to great cups over the years oh sure i know brian very well uh he's had a tremendous career and i was told uh, yesterday that he was planning to retire as a matter of fact uh brian and i are going to uh, we're going to co-host one of the award ceremonies on Friday night at the Grey Cup, and that will be the Coach of the Year Award. And uh, there's, I think, a fairly good chance that Michael Shea will win that. And I'm going to be have the, the pleasure of announcing and handing out that award. Uh, but Brian and I will sort of co-anchor the, the presentation. So I'm looking forward to that. He's a good Manitoban, you know, Brian Williams. And uh, as they say, he's had a wonderful career. He's done everything. He's done everything in this business and uh, he's he's been one of the best at it yeah he's a winnipegger born here sportscaster for yeah. uh, quite a long time and you know, one sure. of the great ones too covered a lot of olympic games that's more or less yeah. what i what i knew him from growing up so uh, just yeah. uh, another beauty of the cfl and uh, you're one of them too bob appreciate your time i look forward to to being on the call with you on, on the sidelines trying to keep warm on sunday what's your uh, what's your outfit going to be in the booth do you know well, yeah, pretty much. I've got a Canada goose jacket that I'll be wearing, and I'll have lots of layers underneath that. Uh, I've got some lined pants that I'll have over top of probably two or three other pairs of pants, and uh, I'll be good to go. I suggest you do the same, Christian. 
I will layer up. At least I can uh, meander around the sideline to try to keep warm. So yeah, uh, we'll see you on Sunday, Bob. Appreciate this, and uh, have fun on the call. Yeah, thanks, Christian. Look forward to it. As Bob Irving, the one and only, calling the West Final, his final game on Sunday. The Bombers and Riders, 3 p.m. kickoff, 1 p.m. pregame show. joined us last week and i said hey if the riders win maybe we'll have you on the show next week well the riders won and we had him on the show next week because that's this week and that's now and it's Derek taylor the voice of the saskatchewan rough riders you looking forward to coming to winnipeg this weekend Derek? i i very much am i'm also looking forward to seeing that if the riders win will i be on the show next week or will Ooh. it be too much that's no yes uh, yeah, I think so. I think that's possible. Uh, it depends. Maybe the people will tune out. That's possible. <laughs> they don't want to hear it. But I can yeah. still definitely have you on the show for sure. But well, look, first of all, let's go back to Sunday's game. Was that the game of the year so far in the CFL? It was sloppy, but it was intense. Oh, my God. It, even at 10-8 at halftime, I, I was talking to some other guys in the this game is, is being terribly played, but, man, it's actually kind of fun. And then it just kept going up and up and up from there. Like, I, as much as, you know, it'd be amazing to see just a clinic of football, eight turnovers is actually pretty good. A ball clanged off the upright as well. The best kicker in the league misses three kicks. Like, for unpredictability, like, you can't, you can't beat that level of unpredictability in sports because – Honestly, at any point, anybody could have won that game, and it was it was so much fun to call. You had a missed field goal return for a touchdown called off because of a pretty weak penalty. You had then a redemptive punt return for a touchdown. You had an onside kick to start the second half because of a, a skirmish at the end of the first half. I loved that call, by the way. Anytime you get a 15-yard penalty after an extra point or anything like that, and you're kicking off from midfield in the NFL or any league, just do the onside kick. Go for it. Why not? Yeah, I, I love the thought of the onside kick. Someone actually someone posed to me, well, why wouldn't they choose to receive? Because you they're then kicking off from their 18-yard line. You're guaranteed to get it about your 52. And I thought, yeah, that makes sense. That kind of makes sense, too. Uh, uh-huh. But, man, the onside kicks are so much fun. And then we're all reminded that A.C. Leonard – Used to be a receiver in the Canadian Football League with the way he got up and ripped that one down. So, looking ahead to this Sunday, then, if the Riders play like they did last weekend, what will happen this weekend? If they play like they played last weekend against the Bombers on Sunday, final score Winnipeg thirty-six, Saskatchewan eleven. Like, I mean, it, it will not be. It will not be close. Um, if, if they can somehow control Zach Caleros into a couple of interceptions and someone to fumble a punt return, hey, Janari can just come up the ball a little bit and stop them on a, on a third and, and one, okay, it might be a little closer. But, I mean, that was – you don't win football games when you, when you throw four interceptions like Cody Fajardo did. You just, you just don't. Um, so they're really going to have to tighten it up. They got the special teams – that they had been, you know, we'd kind of been waiting for all season long. They had just a couple of sacks, but there's going to need to be, uh, one, a lot cleaner football, and two, the things that the Riders do well, they're going to need the Bombers to not do them well as well because uh, there's some things the Riders can do, but honestly the, the Bombers' defense mostly I'm talking about actually has done them better through 14 games this season. Do the two games in September matter at all now? 
You know, I, I think there's a, probably a little bit in there. They matter definitely from a psychological perspective, I think, for the riders. Of, hey, we played 120 minutes of football and we didn't score a touchdown. And in two second halves, we didn't score a point at all. So I, I think there's certainly something in there of, hey, you know what? These two games, they were close after the first half. We led one. They led one. We can play with this team for 30 minutes. How can we find a way to, to play for 60 minutes? The, the thing where you go, maybe not as much, in that is that the addition of Duke Williams really kind of changes everything for the Riders. That, that game, they didn't have Shaq Evans. They didn't have, they didn't have Duke Williams in those games. But now they have their best receiver in Duke. And, yes, the, the Bombers have unfairly made additions to their team as well. <sighs> but, but what can you do about that? I, I think there's probably some in there that the, the Riders have to look at and go, okay, well, we can't have this be a thing. And we can't have Cody get fooled by Brandon Alexander in the uh, Labor Day game. And we can't have him airmail a throw to Adam Big Hill in the, uh, in the Banjo Bowl. But th- there has been some changes to, to both teams that kind of negate what we saw back in September. I asked Bob Irving earlier in the show, what is the Bombers' weakness? And he struggled to come up with an answer because the kicking game seems to have been shored up by the addition of Sergio Castillo, and everyone seems healthy. Even Andrew Harris might play on the weekend. What do you think, if any, weaknesses the Bombers have? Um, I say I would say the Riders have the advantage in special teams. So if you want to say it's, it's a weakness for the Bombers, I, that may be fair. Uh, as punting, kicking returns, I think you have to give the advantage to the riders at, at this point. Um, one potential weakness is, is interior offensive line. I mean, there aren't really many trouble spots in a team that was essentially 11 and one, and they'll just stop thinking about their season after that. Is interior offensive line, you know, gettable for the riders through guys like potentially Garrett Marino, more importantly, Micah Johnson, uh, Mac Henry, guys like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Like, it, this, the Bombers don't have the best receiving core, like the best stable of receivers in the league, but you really wouldn't notice it by the way that, that they perform. Like, they're, they're, they do incredible things without having Darvin Adams be a superstar uh, this season. It's been, it's been impressive to watch. So there aren't many weaknesses that you can point to, and there aren't many spots where you go, Yep, the Riders have the advantage in this particular position group, but they're not they're not invincible, let's say that. They're not invincible. No, no team ever is, right? We've seen many times before in the past where the best team doesn't win in the CFL. It actually happens with a, a decent amount of frequency over the years, including yeah. 20 years ago for the Bombers in the in the Grey Cup against the Stamps, but anything can happen in a football game. What has to happen in your mind? for the Bombers to be upset by the Riders this weekend? Um, okay, so last last week uh, the Riders win a game with four turnovers because Calgary turned the ball over four times. So if, uh, if Saskatchewan wins the turnover battle by two or three, all right, things are looking up. Um, I mean, if Zach Polaris were to get injured, everything is off the table. Like that is just – that's the one thing that I look at that Winnipeg team and go, okay, if this isn't Zach – the drop-off from Zach to the next guy is so dramatic that now anything is absolutely possible. But win the turnover battle, be able to get to Caleros through their defensive line without having to commit too much in the way of blitzes, that could be a problem because A.C. Leonard hurt his hip at practice today, and Coach says he's 50-50 to play on Sunday. 
which that guy is the, the ultimate chess piece for this defense. And, oh, by the way, Lucius Purefoy hurt his ankle at practice today. So their other chess piece is, is, is also in debate as to where, whether he might play. So uh, they're going to have to be able to get to Caleros. The problem is, Caleros, there's nobody in the league better at keeping pressure from turning into sacks than Zach Caleros. So A.C. Leonard, if he manages to get around Stanley Bryant, which that does not happen, it's still a, a real task to track down uh, Zach Caleros. So turnovers get to them with their defensive line and win significantly on special teams, whether it takes another Jamal Morrow return touchdown, uh, something that way. If you could somehow block a punt, that would be amazing. Uh, uh, but the, the thing to that is they can't rely the riders uh, on Brett Lauder field goals. Cause if you are kicking 12 yard field goals against the bombers, you're, you can't win. You can't win because they're going to put seven up and you need too many field goals to, to, to counter the number of sevens that the Bombers are going to score. I just remember last week we were on the same page about the over-under in the Riders-Calgary game. I think we both said pound the under, and we were both wrong yeah. because they ended up going way over in that game. The total 45-and-a-half <laughs> for this weekend's game, eight-and-a-half point spread right now for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Are, do you get the sense a lot of Ryder fans are making the trek to Winnipeg for the weekend, or do you think it's going to be mostly blue in the stands? I, I think I think you have to. I think I think there'll be more than enough Ryder fans there. Um, probably equivalent to the Banjo Bowl, just because, right? This is this is the perfect weekend of football for what the CFL would have wanted had they had a choice, right? We're coming back. We missed 2020. Let's go 2021. Oh, the West Final is going to be the Riders and Bombers, and the East Final is going to be Toronto and Hamilton. This is exactly what we wanted. So this is a chance. There wasn't a huge crowd. There wasn't a great crowd in Regina for the Calgary game. But honestly, I feel like this is the West Final. And this is 1989 was a massive upset that the Riders put on the 16-2 Edmonton Elks to make it to the Grey Cup. So, you know what? I, I think there there is going to be a contingent there. Uh, will they be heard over the thirty thousand screaming maniacs that populate that stadium on game day and and have me consulting an audiologist when I get back to town? Well, maybe not, but it's uh, they'll be there and they'll be trying to uh, to keep things in, in the riders' favor. Well, we look forward to having you here either way. Derek, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this, and uh, heaven forbid we'll have you on the show next week if uh, <laughs> if the Bombers uh-huh. lose. Well, either either the Bombers are going to the Grey Cup or you've witnessed one of the great upsets in Canadian Football League playoff history. So I feel like it's win-win for Bomber fans. It's going to be a great time. Thanks, Derek. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course. That is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. Come on, and thanks for all the fish. So sad that they should come to this. Come on.